Hey, what's up, listeners? My name's Tyler, and you're listening to Horror's Home Podcast. Today, I'm going to be giving a review for the 2022 slasher film, They Slash Them, directed by John Logan, starring Kevin Bacon as Owen, Theo Jermaine as Jordan, and Anna Chalumsky as Molly. The film follows a group of LGBTQ teens who are stalked by a masked killer while attending a conversion camp. This is John Logan's directorial debut, but he's written movies such as Bats, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, and Alien Covenant. Kevin Bacon is known for countless roles, but in the horror realm, he's acted in movies like Tremors, Friday the 13th, The Darkness, You Should Have Left. A majority of the cast haven't had much filmography, but none of, nonetheless, I think they did a good job playing their characters. This is a Blumhouse production, and anytime they announce a new film, I get excited, especially if it's a slasher, which are my favorite. It's received pretty mixed reviews, but I'll go into that after I go through the plot. It is a Peacock original, so check it out on there if you haven't already. I'm going to take a quick musical break, and then we'll dive into the plot for They Slash Them. At night, a mysterious figure kills an adult driving to a conversion camp known as Whistler Camp. In the morning, a group of LGBTQ people arrive at Whistler Camp, run by Owen. He introduces the camp as an inclusive safe space and promises that they will not try to forcibly convert them. Owen separates the campers into cabins for boys and girls, but Jordan, who is trans and non-binary, is not comfortable going to either. Owen assigns Jordan to go to the boys' camp. The group comes together in a circle and shares why they came to Whistler Camp. Jordan says they made a deal with their religious family to attend for a week so they could legally emancipate themselves. The next morning, Owen criticizes and outs another member, Alexandra, for not sharing that she is trans. He makes her go to the boys' cabin for dishonesty. Alexandra later convinces the camp's new nurse, Molly, to give her an estrogen hormone that was confiscated from her. So first thoughts on the film. The opening kill felt random, but I understand that so many movies story format, a way to introduce the killer and draw on the audience. The group arrives, and Owen, the head of the camp, played by Kevin Bacon, gives what feels like an almost neutral, judgment-free speech. This dialogue alone made me wonder the direction his character would go. Maybe he wouldn't be the bad guy. This quickly changes as he interacts with the group and Alexandra the next day. The nurse Molly comes across as the patient and understanding one of the camp staff. Everyone in the group comes across as uncomfortable for most of them being forced to attend such a radical situation. The rest of the camp staff just are snarky and distant whenever it comes to interacting with the campers, which I'll get more into that in a bit. The group participates in activities overseen by athletics director Zane and his fiance, um, the activities director Sarah. One night, Owen splits the group into pairs, handcuffing them together, and instructs them to walk in the woods alone. The group is hesitant, but Owen promises that they will regroup in the morning. While in the woods, Jordan and Alexandra see the mysterious person in the woods. The next day, the camp's therapist, Dr. Cora Whistler, belittles members of the group for their sexualities and gender, gender identities, including Jordan. Affected by Dr. Cora's words, Jordan returns to the boys' cabin upset, but is cheered up when the group hosts a dance party of uh, Perfect by Pink. That night, Jordan sneaks into the main office and discovers photographs that show the history of Whistler Camp, including the torturing of children. Jordan is caught by Molly, who says she did not know and promises to protect the group. The camp's groundskeeper, um, I can't even pronounce his name, 
Baal the Hazar, um, sorry, I just, I can't remember hearing his name in the movie, is killed by the mysterious figure who, while uh, observing girls in the shower through a spy cam. So he was watching them through a camera that he placed in the shower and the killer came in behind him. So with the group being taken out into the woods and handcuffed, it didn't really feel like an exercise of any kind, merely a form of hazing. It was just another way to show the masked killer, but that also changes the chance of who could be the killer, unless we have uh, scream rules and entertain the idea of two people being in on it. I will say I personally hate musical scenes in shows and movies. It's always so cheesy or like parody-ish, and this one's no exception. Jordan's actions of sneaking around makes them a bit suspicious, but with their surprise to finding evidence, there is no motivation given to like killing previously. Then the groundsman is killed in his little hut, surrounded by puppets, and also after showing that he's uh, hidden cameras in the lady showers, so automatically I don't feel anything for his character being killed, and makes you think that the killer is on the side of the campgoers. The next day, the group is divided by gender. Owen takes the boys to a shooting range, while the girls make pies for the boys. Jordan defeats Zane in a shooting competition. Owen reverts to calling Jordan a he instead of they. Owen instructs Toby, a gay man, to shoot Owen's dog, um, Duke, because Duke has cancer. If he refuses to do so, Zane will start to torture Duke by breaking the dog's legs. Jordan kills Duke instead and storms off. Meanwhile, Sarah tries to out Kim, a closeted lesbian. Kim later tells her friend Veronica, and they have sex. Jordan, Alexandra, and Toby agree that they have to leave Whistler Camp in the morning, which Gabriel has sex with Stu, who has been questioning his sexuality. Um, they just went out into the lake and then did that in a nearby cabin. Gabriel reveals that they work at Whistler Camp. Owen and Zane force Stu to participate in aversion therapy, a form of electric shock th torture that Owen says will make Stu into a heterosexual. Upon finding Stu unconscious, Molly quits and says she will go to the police. Owen threatens her to stay, and the mystery f figure butchers Zane and Sarah and fatally electrocutes Gabriel. So with the group dividing, not only do we see Owen completely disregarding the group's pro pronouns repeatedly, but also implying gender roles. As Sarah did with her group, making them beg pies and imply that women should serve men. Sarah also shows Kim favoritism, complimenting her pie and appearance, also while going even further and forcibly touching her after the others leave. Back to Owen, ordering Toby to shoot a dog. What? This group acts that they don't have a chance to overtake this situation, but Owen and Zane have literally given them each a gun. That would be five guns to two. If they can draw them fast enough, just a ridiculous premise as Owen states that the dog has cancer. Quote, shoot him, otherwise Zane will put him out of his misery with a hammer. No one in the group could speak up and even mention that the thought of taking the dog to be put down at a vet. Definitely a stressful, critical decision moment, but these are the things that crossed my mind while watching it all. It just felt so ridiculous. Stu, who has been pretty in denial of his sexual orientation, had sex with Gabriel. Then when it's revealed that Gabriel works for the camp and we see the electric torture scene, felt like a scene from Saul or Hostel. It was pretty intense and well-paced, but watching it is disheartening to think that some people truly feel this is a method to change someone. Finally, when Zane, Gabriel, and Sarah are killed, it feels so satisfying. Gabriel um, came across creepy when they asked Stu, are you predator or prey? And then watches as Stu's tortured. So their death after, I think, 40 minutes without a kill felt very rewarding. Well, I guess all, all three of the deaths.
Um, Zane had been that alpha, quote alpha, thus far and was embarrassed by losing the um, rifle competition to Jordan. Then we get to maybe too long of an intimate scene between Zane and Sarah, as they both have been through conversion, but their actions show that they're both in denial. They're like laying in bed together, looking at pictures on the phones of the campgoers of their bodies, and they're starting to have sex. So they're thinking of the same sex with each other. Then just in time, the killer comes in and brutally kills them both, which made me so happy. Every person at Whistler Camp comes together after finding the dead bodies. The mystery figure kills Cora. Then Alexandra leads the younger members out of the camp. The mystery figure reveals itself to be Molly. Her real name is Angie Phelps. The adult we see killed that one night in the beginning was real Molly, the, who would have been the nurse. Angie attended Whistler Camp and was tortured there at a young age. She made it her mission to close every conversion camp in existence. Angie attacks Owen, but is unable to gain the upper hand. Then Jordan is able to take Owen's gun, but does not shoot, giving Angie the time to kill Owen herself when the opportunity arises. Angie tries to tries to talking Jordan into helping her, but they refuse. The police arrive, and they arrest Angie. As the survivors discuss their future plans, the group agrees to live their lives to the fullest, and the movie ends there. When the killer kills Cora, it's apparent that it's not Kim, Veronica, or Jordan, as they're still outside together. The matter of Alexandra taking the younger campers to safety felt so out of place, unless I'm just misremembering that they'd been in the film previously. So where were they this whole time? Even if they were, they hadn't been relevant in the story since. I can understand that being a point to say that people so young are facing the same struggles. As for the matter of Angie attacking the actual nurse, were they operating a camp without a nurse? Because that's the only way it would make sense that other characters weren't even introduced. Because I thought this was day one as we met our main group. But if other campers were around and never seen, it would suggest otherwise. So when this group, our main group, comes in and two days later, they completely overthrow the structure that the staff has been executing for how long? Honestly, the killer reveal wasn't the biggest surprise by the end. To bring this review to an end, I enjoyed the characters. It seems that the characters were portrayed by people that actually represented the theme for the film. It was a sensitive topic to put this group of young people at a conversion camp in a horror movie. I can agree with several reviews I've read where I think that the film had good intentions, but the story just missed the mark. It didn't necessarily feel empowering for the campgoers. Jordan was the strongest character, and we saw them be vulnerable. We saw most of the characters be vulnerable with their struggles of, or of uh, fear or of being judged or wanting to fit in or just wanting to please their families. Otherwise, any character arc, such as Kim being open about her sexual orientation, just felt rushed and unrealistic. I think there was a lot to fit into this movie and not enough time or writing to explore the topic, which LGBTQ empowerment being the topic of choice is still very admirable. Now for some positive things, the killer had a really cool design, the kills felt brutal and were very satisfying because us as viewers hated the counselors and camp staff. They were the villains of the story and we wanted them to get theirs. Again, Kevin Bacon's dialogue in the beginning was very well executed and drew me in right away. I love the camp setting course makes me think of friday 13th which he was he was in the original other than that there wasn't a whole lot i could say special about this movie it almost felt like two different films with the pacing first being a story of the characters and what they went through and also seeing how the camp staff treat them then the second part of the film it like finally felt like a horror film i'm all about social commentary and horror movies and i do think this one's worth a watch especially if you're into slashers like me i did stay interested uh, to see where this film was headed 
I would give they slash them a 2.5 out of 5. That's pretty much all I have for this review. If you like this episode, please give me a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at at Horrors Home and like the Horrors Home Facebook page. My name's Tyler, and until next time, thanks for listening. Horror is home.